I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I get asked a lot how to deal with judgmental and critical people, and this is an issue for just about everyone. So today I'm coming at you with two reasons people act this way. I mean, why do they act this way? And then my top four strategies for finding peace and calm no matter what they say. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven with over 30 years of experience helping people create connected and happy relationships. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in your relationship today. So let's get to it. Well, here we are with another week of the podcast. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf coming at you. Why did I lower my voice? No one knows. Okay. So (laughs) we are coming up on Thanksgiving here in the United States. And, uh, but for most people around the world, we're coming up on who are listening, we're coming up on a lot of different kinds of holidays and holidays, even with COVID tend to mean that we're having a lot more interaction with family and friends. And there's, you know, more pressures to, be certain places and do certain things, which gets people in more of a fear-based mode, which definitely gets everybody uh, not being as mindful and being more judgmental and critical and all that good stuff. So I am going to dive deep today on this topic. And before I jump in, this today's episode is brought to you by my book. <laughs> Have you bought my book yet? Uh, my book is on Audible, and I don't know if you know that, but it's a great way to uh, really create different relationships now and forever. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. It's on Audible. I will link to it in the show notes. And of course, you can find it on Amazon and Audible. You can get it for free if you haven't signed up for Audible yet, which is kind of cool. And 
it's really, even if you aren't married, even if your uh, partner is fabulous, whatever, these are definitely uh, sort of the 10 top things to improve your relationship. And what I'm really proud about is that the book is not super long. And I did that very purposefully. A lot of times, you know, the publishers want a lot of extra fluff because the book is supposed to be big and thick. But I, my clients are busy and really just are, they're, they're kind of, I do the same thing when I'm buying a book. I'm saying, I already bought it. I believe you. You don't have to sit here and sell me. So just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. It's all I want. And that's what I do in the book. I boss you around like I like to do. You know, I love that. Uh, and I have, you know, as always, it's actionable tips. I give you the science about why and really the things that you want to focus on more than anything. And again, it, it whether you're single, whether you're in a relationship, whether you're married, it it's uh, gay, lesbian, straight, whatever. It all works. It really, really does. So check out my book on Audible. Uh I would love to hear what you think about it. And if you check out the reviews, you'll see that people are loving it. So there you go. Let's jump in. So really, there are two main reasons, I believe, that people judge and criticize. You you know, I hear all, oh, the trauma and the childhood and the this and the that. Yeah, I guess so. But it really boils down to two things. One, first, is that they're fish who don't know they're wet. They are fish who don't know they're wet. In other words, many people judge, but have no idea they're doing it. It's just, it's a habit. It's a habit they've adopted. Often it's something they've taken on from their family of origin. So if you are this way or you know someone this way, it's usually because it's what they saw. It's just part of the family culture. Something that, you know, your dad criticized your mom or your sister would tell you, you know, what you were doing you know, that you were doing something wrong or if it wasn't, you know, the way she does it or, you know, so you started, you started doing it too, because it seemed like the right way to act. This is just how people are. I give my opinion unsolicited. Isn't that how we live in the world? Even though we're often annoyed when people do it to us, we still end up doing it to other people. I see you. I know. So in other words, it's not a conscious choice generally. It's just a way of being part, you know, just part of, the fabric. So again, you might think it's perfectly normal and acceptable to constantly give your opinion, even though you weren't asked, (laughs) or you think it's fine to point out where someone could do something better. And of course, better means your way. Uh, And, and let me just say, I think mansplaining fits in here too. You know, men, I love you men. I do. I love men. I think men are fabulous. Uh, And I'm not saying that women don't, Explain, but it's a little different um, what men do. I say again with all the love of my heart, because you know you just don't realize you're doing it a lot of the time because it is a patriarchy in the world. Uh, men have a more privileged place in the world, and it's so again fish who don't know they're wet. It's so much. Um, I actually said something to someone recently, a man, I said, you know, you're, you're mansplaining something. And he goes, well, women, women'splain, you know, when you have that sort of reaction, you're not getting it. You're really not getting it. <laughs> I say with, again, all the love of my heart. So, you know, you, you think you're giving us helpful suggestions or that you should just comment on things. And, and you know what I'm going to say again, with all the love, who asked you, <laughs> So, and I'm going to tell you something that happened not that long ago. My car broke down and, 
uh, I was waiting in the parking lot for uh, AAA to come and, you know, sort of sitting, I had to sit, I was uh, actually, um, and then AAA, AAA came and I couldn't go with them because it's COVID, right? I couldn't go in the, in the truck. So I had a, and I couldn't get an Uber or any other kind of ride and I couldn't call a friend. I was sort of trapped there. It was, it was a little bizarre. COVID, it, uh, you know, affects us in ways we don't even realize. But anyway, so of course I called Gary. I called my man. I said, you know, come get me. But it was, he was at work. It was far away. It was going to take him a little while. So I was kind of sitting near where they had towed the car. Again, couldn't go into the Starbucks or couldn't go in anywhere. I had to sit outside. I was so sitting out there and four different men, not one woman commented to me, not one. Okay. And it was like a busy little mall kind of parking lot, like one of those strip malls with lots of little, there was a Jamba Juice and a, you know, a Subway and a McDonald's and a Starbucks. There was all these little uh, places to eat. Again, couldn't go anywhere. And four different men commented to me, four different ones commented. Oh, I saw your car out there. Did you check the this? Did you look at that? Did you like, like I'm a freaking idiot. And I, I was just so annoyed. You know, they just kept commenting on, oh yeah, you're way, oh, AAA, you know, you could have done this or, you know, why didn't you call an Uber? To, what, the one guy asked, why didn't you call an Uber? Why are you sitting there? Do you need, you know? And I'm like, and he didn't ask me if I needed a ride. He wasn't going to, I don't think, give me one. But he was sort of like, you know, again, it's it's judging, it's critical. And, you know, none of them realized that they were being judgmental and critical, commenting on what, you know, you, don't comment if no one asked you. Do not comment. Anytime some man is, you know, if I'm walking down the street and somebody said to me, oh, put a smile on that pretty face or some other bullshit, you know, that is crap. That is being judgmental. You're criticizing me. You're saying that I should be walking with a smile on my face. It's criticizing. You can call it whatever you want. You can say it was a, oh, it's a compliment. When they, No, it's not. Not a compliment. So <laughs> do you see that? Uh, you know, it's, uh, I, and I, I will say again, I would love my, my man always comments when I drive every single time when we're, well, I shouldn't say always, sorry. I tell you not to do that. A lot of the time he will comment when I'm driving and he's in the passenger seat on like where I'm parking. He loves to comment on, oh, I wouldn't have parked over here. You know, why didn't you just park here? I don't understand. And he sort of says it in these very big ways. Like it's such a big deal. And, you know, I used to say something all the time. He just keeps doing it. And I had to make a choice. I had to either not be bothered by it or I had to mention something every single time and get into it about it. And I've just chosen to ignore it. It's just what he does. He doesn't realize he's saying it. Again, he's a fish who doesn't know he's wet. Um, and he's so fabulous and lovely. My guy's the best. So I, I can kind of let this go. But I definitely, I can remember after I had Max and I hadn't lost all the pregnancy weight, um, people commenting on my body you know, oh, I see. Oh, he's still lost the weight, huh? You know, making comments again, uh, or, you know, I've heard people tell other people they shouldn't wear something, you know, oh, you're going to wear that. I don't, I don't know. You know, uh, just all those things are judgmental and critical. It's not just when someone kind of says something mean it, you know, or tells, tries to tell you what to do. There's all these subtle ways it shows up. So again, these are all fish who don't know they're wet. And then the second reason why uh, people judge and criticize is because they're insecure. When people judge or criticize us, they're letting us know that they're sad, they're worried, they're in pain, they're in some type of fear. That's the only reason you do it. That's, that's why that's happening. They, people want to feel better 
often by making someone else feel worse. I, I've seen it over and over. They Now, people generally aren't consciously thinking this. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's such an unconscious way of being. They've got some sort of low self-esteem or lack of confidence in themselves. And they just, they, there's not, they, they, their own, uh, sometimes people talk of it like a bucket, you know, like they have an empty bucket and they're trying to fill it <laughs> by dipping into your bucket. Um, and really just everybody feels bad when that happens, right? You, you don't, it's, and, but it's really from that kind of low self-esteem and their own pain, their own worry. If your dad is criticizing you about some career choice you've made, it's often because your dad feels like he didn't do a very good job as a dad if you don't, if you're not safe and okay, if you are not, you know, in a good job and stable and have a house and are married or whatever. Um, you know, it's their own insecurity. It's their own worry that's coming out. And I know it's hard in those moments to find the love for them when it feels like they're being mean to you, but that's what it is. And the, and competition falls under this also. Um, it's, it's, you know, again, very fear-based, you know, comp people compete for resources, time, attention, money, uh, you know, you, some, you might put, you might've put down your sister to get more of your mom's love. Um, you might drag down your partner because you feel like they're better than you. Um, so, you know, which means they might leave you if they figure it out, if they figure out that they really could be somewhere else. So, so there's this subtle kind of putting them down or bringing them down. Um, it's again, your own insecurities or the person's own insecurities that are doing it. And it definitely helps me a lot when I realize that because I can, I can much more easily, separate myself from what's happening. I can just step back when I realize that, wow, this other person is hurting. This is their crap. Uh, you know, someone who comments maybe on your weight a lot, maybe a friend or a family member. This is someone who's really insecure about their own weight, has their, and trust, and they might be super thin. It doesn't matter. It's something that for whatever reason, they have a lot of energy around food and eating and whatever. You know, they, they have some sort of unhealthy relationship that they are constantly saying something to you. Now, I don't mean, you know, if, if someone is just concerned, let's say about your weight and says something once to you. Um, and not in a critical or judgmental way, but in that, you know, a way that you can feel their love and their concern. That's a different thing to me because they're not judging and criticizing. People are allowed to comment and say things without it feeling judgmental or critical. But in general, when someone's saying something over and over again, that's their fear coming up and they've already said it. Why do they have to keep repeating it? Did you forget you were fat? I don't think so. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's something that is speaking more to them than to you. But I know in those moments, it can be hard to find that empathy or that, you know, distance. So let's talk about my four tips for dealing with judgmental and critical people. Like how, what do you do? So now that we know this, what do you do? Well, Number one, and I've noticed a lot of people make this mistake, is you got to be mindful about what you share. In my experience, people share way too much with the wrong people, and then they're upset when it gets turned around on them. So just because someone is your dad or your girlfriend or your, you know, a boss that you get along great with, doesn't mean they should be privy to all that you're thinking and feeling. 
Okay. So, you know, I'll give you a great personal example. I love my man dearly, right? I love Gary. He's the best. I've got the best guy in the world. But there are certain things he just doesn't get about me. We are definitely of a different cloth. You know, we we just are different people. And when it comes to spirituality, we don't really mix. I am super spiritual. I talk about God all the time. I'm very into the energy, you know, I've talked about, you know, if you've listened to the podcast, I talk about calibration and our energy and what we give off. And, uh, you know, the idea that I speak to my spirit guides all the time and I do spirit guide meditations. And I, I feel very, very close to, um, something larger than myself and my higher self and that sort of thing. And I talk about those things a lot. And I also, you know, I've read tarot cards since I was a teenager. It's been part of my life and I really believe in those things. I, I you know, um, gosh, I have the Ching. I have, I have all kinds of um, oracles that I use and things like that. And <laughs> this is not Gary's bag at all. He is, you know, he's, my man is ex-Navy. He's a, he's a quality manager. <laughs> he is all about the science and the facts and the, you know, black and white. He's very black and white. And uh, so I don't sit and chat with him about this stuff. I just don't. I, I don't hide it or anything, but I don't, you know, do a tarot reading and then run out and go, oh my God, get this and blah, blah, blah happened and this happens. I just don't share it there. I share it other places. I have lots of other people I share this stuff with, but I don't share it with him because he just doesn't get it. And so what happens is I feel like he's either being judgmental or critical about it, depending on his mood. He's dismissive. He's sort of rolling his eyes. Um, or he's just not engaged in it because he doesn't know what to say. He doesn't believe in it. Like, what's he supposed to say? But, you know, people get in their heads, well, that's your partner. You have to share everything. No, you don't. Why? Nobody has, should be all things to you. And just because someone's your mom or just because of whatever doesn't mean you have to share everything. I, you know, spoke, my mom recently died, which a lot of you know, and I've spoken about her many times in the podcast. And uh, she, you know, had a difficult relationship with her, with her, uh, the, her narcissism and other things. And it was tough. And, you know, I, I found a real peace with her. But one of the ways I did that was by I just stopped sharing stuff that really meant anything to me. And instead, you know, would ask her a lot of questions about her life, or I would talk about some, you know, bigger stuff with the kids. You know, I only talked about the wins. That's all I talked about with her. I did not mention Max struggling in school or the time I found Max smoking pot or, you know, that uh, if I got sick or something like my mom never knew I had COVID back in April. I, I didn't tell her, you know, I just don't, didn't share anything where there could be an avalanche of criticism. And I was fine with our relationship and she was too. She was very happy in our relationship. And frankly, our relationship had a lot of positivity because I started doing that because we were focusing on the wins and she'd be like, oh, it's so great about, oh, McCartney's doing so well in baseball or something. You know, we would have the, and I had to ask her about her and how you're doing. And she would feel really bonded to me around that. And it's great, you know, and I felt like a good daughter, which was really what I was looking for. And I felt like a, you know, just a more positive influence in her life. And I, this was a relationship where I wasn't looking to like get anything from her. There wasn't a history where I, you know, she would tell me things that, or give me advice or something. We didn't have that. That's not the kind of relationship we had. So 
for me, it felt just good to get off the phone and feel good. And so you can judge that if you want and say, well, you weren't really close and it wasn't a real relationship, but it was a real relationship. And I felt as close to her as I could feel to some, to, to her, you know, as best I could do with that relationship. I didn't want to cut her off. I didn't want to not have a relationship with my mom. And this was the way I found to have peace and happiness with her. And it really worked. So that's what I would say to you, you know, be really mindful about what you share with who, and you really want to. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at MintMobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Be thoughtful about the fact that it's, it's a privilege for people to get to hear about your inner workings. It's a privilege. They should earn that privilege. It's, uh, you are special. You have amazing things to share and to be in the world. And for someone to get to hear that, the inner workings, those inner pieces, that's, you know, they got to earn it, got to earn it. So really, you know, be mindful, think first before you share. Um, and I'm not talking about, I just want to say this, it, you don't want to feel like you're withholding or like you're keeping secrets because those are fear-based reactions. Inst instead, this is a boundary. You want to feel like you're just holding a boundary. And that's a love-based reaction or thought or way of being in the world that, and you want to remember that there are just, there's so many things you love about this other person and sharing certain, certain topics with them just isn't one of them. And it really changes the game. And when you can be happier in your interactions with someone, again, not having secrets, but having other places you share different things and not just this one person who holds everything. It's, it's such a great thing. It really is. And it can really open up your life. Now, of course, to do this, you have to be mindful, right? You've got to act, not react, which I talk about all the time. And really the best way to get there is to, you know, practice mindfulness. Um, I've got 
gosh, I have a lot. I'll, I'll link in the show notes. I have so many things about how to practice mindfulness, but the best, 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 best way, and I've really been pushing this lately, is to learn to meditate for five minutes a day, just five minutes. And I have a meditation starter kit that you can download. It is free, no tricks, no strings attached. <laughs> I'd really like you to do it. And it's sort of guided. I hold your hand all the way through. It would really be great to get better at that so that in those moments when your mom gives you the backhanded compliment, you are able to stop and take that breath. And by the way, do the rest of the um, tips I'm about to give you. But if you don't realize it in the moment, all these tips I'm giving you aren't going to help you because you're not going to remember to use them. You're, it, that part of your brain isn't going to turn on. So please download the Meditation Starter Kit. It's because I love you. I, I do these things because I love you. All right. Number two, tip number two is to practice loving detachment. And that means don't take it personally. <laughs> don't take it personally. It, it's, a, it's them, not you. Uh, there was a, you know, one of my, I think one of everyone's favorite books of all times is The Four Agreements by Miguel Ruiz. And, you know, it's an international bestseller, right? And in it, he says, don't take anything personally. I think it's number two of the agreements. But nothing other people do is because of you. It's because of themselves, right? Nothing, nothing they do is because of you. It's because of themselves. If you really get that, if you really understand that, you can then practice loving detachment. And again, I have a, a whole, I have a post I did on this. So I'm happy to uh, link to that in the show notes. But, and, but loving detachment basically means this. It means that you're separating yourself emotionally, uh, spiritually, mentally from another person and what they're doing, saying, or thinking. And I'm, I'm, I'm eyeballing you out there who think you can read other people's minds. No, you can't. No, you can't. Can't read mine. Can't read someone else's. Stop it. Just stop even getting into that. So now, you know, detaching yourself from other people's behaviors um, and what they say, it's great to say that, right? In theory, but it can be a difficult thing to actually do. It takes a lot of courage and strength to see that you can be happy no matter what other people do or say. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying it's super possible. And, and to do that, you've got to first remember that you can't control others. Really, really, really can't control them. I know. You know I've been trying. You know I never give up trying to control everyone. I'm trying to control you right now. I'm, try, I'm trying to teach you something and make you do it. <laughs> but once you realize that no matter how much you push, manipulate, cajole, threaten, you know, ultimately you really can't control the people's actions or behaviors. So it frees you to focus on yourself and not them. Dun, dun, dun. So you want to separate yourself from what others do or say, right? What your, what your child, your boss, your partner, your parent does or says is not you. So, and I get it you know, our children are reflections of us and to some extent, but, but their victories and losses need to belong to them and not you. And the things that they say or do again, belong to them, not you. And yeah, your partner might've said something embarrassing at that party last night, but you know, let them deal with the aftermath, not you just, you know, separate yourself out. So when you have loving detachment and you're sitting at the table and your sister makes that comment, about how, you know, oh, you're, you, you know, you, 
whatever, maybe they're competing with you or something, or, you know, she's like, you know, trying to um, prove that her life is better than yours or something, or that she parents this way. Oh, I could never let my kids do that. I don't know what you're doing. Um, you know, when they, when that's happening and my sister's not like that, by the way, but if yours is, um, you, in those moments, you want to practice that loving detachment. Like, wow, this is about her. This isn't about me. Take that breath. Let's take it. Let's all take it right now. Just let it out and just move on. Don't, don't defend yourself. Don't, you know, say the next thing. Just, you can just nod. It's one of my favorites. Actually, it's going to bring me into my third tip, <laughs> which is a great way to deal with judgmental and critical people. Um, is and I'll just do that right now. You could just one of the things I tell people to do is to say thank you. Just say thank you. It shuts people right up. So say thank you for your feedback. You know, I appreciate that you care about me and that you're offering me X advice. Um, don't follow that with but because that'll extend the argument. That'll extend the conversation. So when you just say a sincere thank you, it all stops. It's magical. It's magical. Give this a try. If you just say, uh-huh, yeah, okay, sure. Just that, it's kind of like a thank you. You, But you have to make eye contact. Don't just put your head down and dismiss. You know, really make that eye contact. Again, try to have that loving detachment. Like, wow, this person's saying these things. They are so sad. They are so twisted. They are so caught up in their own stuff. <clears throat> I don't have to be a part of that. So, you know, if, you're, if your uncle tells you once again that you really should go apply to Uber instead of wherever you work, I'm making this up, you know, that's a better job or you should go back to school or you should quit your job or whatever, you know, you can just say, hey, thank you. You know, it's a lot to think about, you know? Yeah, I'll think about that. Thanks. That's it. That's all you got to do. Don't, don't say another word. And then change the subject. I often will have things in my head ready to go when I know I'm going to be with, with certain people where I, I, I know there's going to be conversations that are going in directions I'm not going to like. <laughs> I will immediately have something else at my fingertips to talk about. So they might say that, you know, like, oh, well, have you thought about this? And you really should do this. And you, and you give that response of like, um, you know what? I'm going to think about that. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Um, and speaking about thinking about things, have you seen that article in whatever, you know, paper or whatever? Don't go to politics or religion, but you know what I mean. <laughs> or, um, hey, how's it going with your golf game? Or, oh my gosh, you know, uh, uh, no, thank you for that feedback, you know, um, and and I'm just going to change the subject real quick. You can say that. Uh, how's it, how are you doing without being able to play golf? That must suck. You know, you haven't been able to get, is your course still closed? Or, you know, you can start asking questions about it. Whatever it is, just, just saying that thank you is, and practice that detachment in your head. Just practice that, like, this is about them, not me. I'm just going to say thanks. I know that deep down they are trying to help in whatever way, even if it's just trying to help themselves feel better feel like a better parent, feel like a better friend, feel like uh, a better person in the world uh, in whatever way, it's okay to not be, you know, hang your hat on being right. 
And you know, if you've been listening that I talk a lot about being correct or effective. Do you want to be correct or do you want to be effective? You know, happier right. It's the old happier right. I've just redone it. And you can be correct all day that your job is great, that you that you like not being married to your partner and you don't need to be have a piece of paper to say that you're in love or you, you know, that you Parent, parent your child this way, not that way. And that's what you believe. You could be right all day long, but is it effective to sit and have this argument with your whoever, with whoever's criticizing you? Likely not. So to stop and say, well, how could I be effective here is generally asking questions back, uh, changing the subject, uh, you know, moving, just saying thank you and moving on. Uh, whatever that is. Now, sometimes this can happen at work. You could have a boss who's being judgmental about the way you do something or whatever that, you know, or how you're operating in the world. And those call for somewhat deeper conversations, but it's the same thing you have to start with it because you will act differently. If you, if you start with the fact that I have to practice detachment here, this is about my boss, not about me. I need to really be mindful about what I'm sharing and how I'm sharing it with this person because they do tend to take things in this other way. And I can, uh, you know, how can I accept this feedback without feeling like I need to defend myself or anything else? And then what can I do next to um, make my point or whatever that might be? Now, I will tell you that if you were in a situation where your boss is just, you know, kind of a horrible human to you, at some point you have to think about, you know, and you've tried to intervene and you've tried different things. You've got to think about having a different job. I mean, just at some point you have to think of that or escalating in some way. But in general, you'll be amazed at how coming back to your boss with some questions like, hey, I heard your feedback before I thought about it. Can I, is this a good time to share with you some things I was thinking? Like, don't do it in the moment. Don't rebut. Don't, you know, um, you know, take some notes, really, really take notes about what they're saying and then come back with some feedback. I have a, a great whole episode on how to give great feedback. So you can check out that also, and I'll link to that in the show notes. But this this is really the way to go. This is really the way to stop the fear-based behavior in the moment. And then the last thing I will tell you to do is look at yourself, <laughs> Practice self-confidence instead of self-consciousness, okay? So that's my fourth tip, my last tip. Practice self-confidence, not self-consciousness. And let me explain this. The reason that people say things to us and it hurts us is because it triggers something, some unresolved emotion we have, some unresolved belief we have about ourselves. Otherwise, it doesn't hurt and it seems crazy. You hurt because you believe what the other person is saying is true on some level. That's why it bothers you so much. If they judge your parenting and it drives you crazy because on a deep or maybe even top level, maybe it's not even so deep, you don't think you're great. You're doing a great job as a parent. You're feeling guilty about something. You're feeling like you're missing something. Uh, I use this example a lot for this to to drive my point home, which is if um, if someone said to me, 
that I was way too tall and it was weird. And oh my gosh, are you embarrassed walking around like that? Is it hard to buy clothing? You know, if they were talking to me in that way, I, I'm I'm a little under 5'9". So I'm tallish for a female, but I'm not tall, tall, right? I'm not freakishly tall. So if someone came to me and said something like that, I, <laughs> I would look at them like they were little nuts, right? I would not feel defensive. I would not feel angry. I would actually probably kind of be laughing a little inside, you know, or thinking they were joking. Um, and I would really dismiss them as crazy. You don't, you don't argue with crazy. You just, you know, you're gonna, well, I'm not very tall. Like what, you know, come on. You would just go, okay, thanks. You know, roll your eyes and you'd walk away. That's what you would do. But if that same, if someone came to me and was like, wow, you know, you would do well to lose a little weight, you know? It's, uh, you know, aren't you a little, you know, you know, getting older, you should really be thinner as you get older because, you know, it's more weight on your joints and things, you know, it's going to affect you differently. Um, that would hit me, even though I'm not really overweight, it would still hit me because, you know, my weight is something I think more about. It is definitely something I've had to think about and my eating and all that. I've, I have been heavier and I've lost weight, you know, it's, that is something that would hit me because I'm more self-conscious about it, right? I'm not confident about it. I'm more self-conscious about it. So when something is hitting you like that, that's what I need you to think about. Suddenly I'm believing this, right? Could be the same crazy person who told me I was too tall. <laughs> but now it's, I don't think they're crazy. I think it's me. So that's what I'm talking about. And you know, this rings true because this is, this is what it is. There's people who have said things to you that are critical or said things to a friend of yours and you know, that you just think is nuts. And you're like, what are you talking about? Why'd you even listen to that guy? What an idiot. Like, cause you don't think this about your friend at all. And so you think they're just insane. And yet your friend is really upset about it. And that's because your friend believes whatever they said. It doesn't matter that it's true. It's what they believe. So your job is to really be taking a look at your own issues, your own things that you're self-conscious about and starting to get building more self-confidence, right? More higher self-esteem around these things. Once again, I've already done a podcast on this or <laughs> I have a blog post on this. I will link to it in the show notes so you can listen if you want to learn about, I think I have the eight ways to build, you know, self-esteem and confidence, but, uh, but that's really your job because when you go into that dinner, that Hanukkah meal with the, you know, the, the Christmas Zoom, whatever, the New Year's party, when you go into these things feeling confident, nothing people say, the judgment and the criticalness really do roll off of you, especially if you're practicing these other things, the other tips I gave you, especially if you're being mindful, especially if you're practicing loving detachment all of those things, you, it will be, you know, water off a duck's back. You really won't be taking that in. And at the end of the day, that's what you want because you really want to feel calm and grounded, which we talked about last week. So that is it for today. Those are the two reasons why and my four top reasons for dealing with judgmental and critical people this holiday season and beyond, obviously. You can use this all year long. As always, thank you for being with me. Please come over to the website, abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast and get your free meditation starter kit. Really, I'd love for you to start doing this. It's time, people. Stop putting it off. And uh, that's enough bossiness for now. 
If you want some more bossiness and controlling behavior, check in with me next week where I am sure to give you some. Uh, I love you. Have a wonderful week and happy Thanksgiving to those who are celebrating that uh, and an incredible week to everyone else. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything, you can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.